Good morning and welcome to Recipe for Success. My name is Nancy Giacalone and today my guest is Olivia Pere. Of course, I did not ask her how to pronounce her last name before I started, which I normally always <laughs> do. So was I okay or did I do it wrong? You got it. Yeah. Sweet, sweet. Well, <laughs> usually when I forget to ask, that's when I screw up. So anyway, I'm super happy that I got that right. Uh, for anyone joining us for the first time today, Recipe for S Success is uh, combines my love of cooking with my love of business, succeeding, just what makes people tick. And one of the things that I have learned over the years is that I always found that there was one common ingredient or technique in the kitchen that was critical to the outcome of whatever it was that I was making. And um, the more I thought about it, I realized that that was really true in other areas of life as well. So that's what Recipe for Success is all about. What makes each of my guests tick? What is their key ingredients in their success in business and in life? So once again, I'd like to welcome Olivia Pere to the show today. Olivia, would you take a moment and introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about your background and, and what you're doing now? Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Nancy. It's exciting to be here. I feel really honored to be um, in a space with you. I've kind of watched you from afar um, on LinkedIn and gotten to know you that way. And it's, um, I just feel really blessed. So thank you. Um, so where, kind of how I got to where I am today is um, I've always had a passion for being active and being conscious of my own health and well-being. And in college, I, um, I remember orientation and I remember feeling so overwhelmed, like we had to pick a major, we had to make all these decisions. <laughs> and I had never heard of corporate wellness before, um, but sounded really interesting. And so I just at orientation chose corporate wellness. <laughs> and um, that kind of led me down this path um, of really getting involved in that world. And um, I was able to secure some really good internships in college with um, Amway, which is a really, um, most people have heard of Amway in some form sure. or another. Um, and so I worked in their corporate fitness center, um, with their consulting firm. And that really gave me kind of a, a really good glimpse as to corporate wellness and what it could be. At that time, that was 2006, um, corporate wellness was really just, I feel like new at the time. So it was, it was difficult to find a job after college. Um, I moved away actually to California and um, I've, I've always had this interest in travel and exploring, and I've always been really independent. So I moved away from Michigan is where I am from to California and was able to um, work for a, um, a medical fitness center. So I got a little bit of experience in medical fitness, which we focused on post cardiac rehab and um, through that position, I was able to actually help them start a corporate wellness program. So that was kind of neat. And then um, the the need to be around family really kind of brought me back to Michigan a couple of years later. And again, at that time, that was then 2008 and the job market, I'm sorry, 2010, the job market in my field was really tough to get into. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to go to grad school. I'm going to get um, my degree in exercise physiology. And um, I also focused on holistic health 
Western Michigan is where I went to grad school and they have a program for holistic health as a major um, in your master's program, which is really neat and unique. And that also just continued to spark my interest and passion in more of a preventative health than the cardiac rehab. And um, so after that, really tried to get back into um, finding a position in corporate wellness. And I spent um, about six years working for a company where I was their only employee. And so it felt kind of like, you know, this is my own business pretty much. I was um, a consultant and wellness coach for about 25 different companies. And that really gave me a, a, a really good experience in the corporate wellness world. But I felt like there was something missing. I felt like I needed to be able to reach the employees on a different level. Um, and so I was a part of their open enrollment meetings. And through that, um, was able to make some contacts uh, kind of on the insurance side. And I've always had this kind of desire to learn and grow. And so through that, I thought, okay, well, maybe I want to explore the insurance side. So I spent a couple of years um, in, on the insurance side, the employee benefits side. And that's how I came to know you um, because that was so new to me. I had no idea. That was just like diving into this whole brand new area where I just was a fish out of water. (laughs) So, um, so then I spent a few years doing that and now I work for a company kind of tying that into the corporate wellness as well. Um, Castlight health. So I work with, um, uh, in as a customer success manager and work kind of with the health plan, the brokers, as well as the customers to help them navigate our solutions. So that's kind of a long, sorry, long winded, but that's okay. That's that's, that's a very interesting story. So, um, and I find it so interesting that you picked corporate wellness as a major. I think you're the first person I've ever talked to that picked that as a major kind of, it's kind of in the same boat of nobody ever chooses insurance. Very few people choose insurance as a major. Oftentimes people just kind of fall into it, but but let's talk about the wellness thing for a minute, because um, clearly um, I've been around the block a few times and um, (laughs) I remember when the wellness programs were first being introduced into the benefits space. And I remember that um, it was kind of a big deal. The insurance companies, I would go to a broker advisory meeting and they'd roll out their new wellness program. They're like, well, the employer's going to have it for, you know, whatever the, it was a pretty steep dollar figure at at that time that they would have to pay to have this wellness program. They're like, it's going to save them so much money. And we're like, well, how much? We don't know. It's going (laughs) to save them so much money. And, and um, that part of it kind of went away over, over the years. And I think people have, at least I've seen in the employer, the employers I work with in the space I work with, that wellness is now um, not trotted out as something that is going to be a complete game changer, but something that should be part of the of the entire program. And you do use your word, kind of holistic to the entire picture. Does that sound like kind of what your experience has been as well? Yeah, I think when you start implementing different tools, a digital platform or um, adding on a wellness coach or something, that's when I think, you know, the employer really wants to see, okay, how are my dollars being spent and how am I getting that back by implementing these programs? Um, 
I do think there's a little bit less of an emphasis on the ROI because it's really about creating that culture. Right. Because retention and, um, you know, employ they, they want their employees to be happy. They want to create this culture of health and well-being. It's not just about the work. It's also about supporting employees as well. So I think there is a shift there. Well, speaking of speaking of supporting employees, mm-hmm. clearly the pandemic affected everybody's uh mental health, physical health, just affected us in so many ways. So how are well, how did you see wellness programs support both employers and employees during that time? Yeah, I think there was a big push. A lot of employers who didn't have something in place were kind of like, whoa, I had no idea. We really need to get something in place. So there was a big push um, to get something in place, whether it was an EAP program, um, something just right out of the gate to get in place, um, or really working closely with wellness vendors to implement something with a strategy and a long-term focus of where can we, where can we make changes to really impact the health and well-being of our employees. So there's kind of a, a variety of what employers were able to do. Some employers were just focusing on staying afloat. Um, you know, during the pandemic, their their bottom line was at risk. So it was, you know, trying to keep employees healthy, but also trying to just stay afloat. So right. um, it really varied, I would say, um, throughout the pandemic. Well, one thing that um, I know I experienced personally was as soon as, you know, the proclamation came down in March of 2020 and everything <laughs> shut down, we couldn't go to the gym anymore. Right. I mean, that was a that was a big deal and everyone had to learn myself included how you know well how do we keep physically fit and active when now we're all of a sudden we're in our homes we don't have access to these outlets that we used to have to burn off stress to to uh, keep ourselves fit and healthy and i see now you know well over 2 years later that many people, including myself, have not returned to the gym. We found other ways. So I could think that, um, again, a really solid wellness program could have been a tremendous support to employees during that time. Right. And so going with a virtual option or a digital option really has been um, an improvement. Um, It's an investment for employers, but I think that that really was enabled employers or it continues to enable employers to be able to reach their employees where they're at. Um, a lot of employees don't want to come back to the workplace. Um, they really want to work remotely or ha- have that flexibility rather. And so having a digital solution in place can really um, improve the, the wellness program versus, you know, only on-site um, options. Yeah, I can see that too, because part of, I think, again, I can speak from personal experience. I know I need accountability. And so I like having the flexibility of working out from home, but I have a group of women across the country where we'll have Pelotons. And so we, we drop classes in our little group chat, you know, um, a couple times a week. And I know that I just, even on days when I'm thinking, oh, I really don't want to go into the cold garage and hop on that <laughs> bike right now. I know somebody else is going to be there, so I do it. And I think the same thing can be true of um, any sort of wellness platform that provides that accountability, chat groups, support groups, et cetera. That can make a that can make a really big difference of not feeling so alone. 
Yes. And on top of that, you know, a lot of employers now have um, impl- or incorporated that rather into their incentives. So maybe it's, um, you know, you can enter for sweepstakes by earning points for participating in certain programs, or maybe it's um, an HSA contribution that um, your employer would contribute based on you participating um, or completing certain amount of steps or whatnot. So there are other incentives that you can build into your benefit um, package that. yeah, as that's well. Wonderful. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so currently you work for a company called Castlight Health. Go ahead. Do I have the name correct? Yes. Okay. Yep. So tell us a little bit about Castlight. So Castlight is a is a digital solution. Um, I, I can't say enough positive things about Castlight. When I first heard of them, um, it was about a year ago, actually, one of my um, previous kind of um, corporate wellness associate um, connections, she, I, you know, through LinkedIn, actually, um, I had reached out to her just to connect um, during the pandemic and said, hey, what's up? You know, what are you doing now? And she told me about Castlight Health. And I said, I want to work for this company. This company is on a mission to help employers save on their health care, to help employees save on their health care, to live healthier, happier lives. And that's really kind of sinks in with me as well. So we're a digital solution. Um, We work with the insurance carrier to help um, kind of navigate the healthcare journey for the member or employee. So it's a really nice solution, kind of an all-in-one, whether it's um, the insurance, the medical insurance, maybe it's dental insurance, maybe it's even other programs that the employer is offering that can all be housed within this solution. So it's kind of a nice hub to connect the employee to all these different benefits, but also help them navigate their health care. So you can, find your, um, you can find care within the solution. You can search for um, a primary care physician, specialist. Um, It'll also show cost. So it gives you kind of that transparency on, you know, different costs that you may um, be expecting for a certain type of visit or a prescription. Um, There's different features that each employer can choose to turn on or or, um, remain off. So every you know, a lot of solutions out there are one size fits all, but Castlight sure. is really very customizable to the employer and their employees. I personally love having it. When I first heard of it, I actually presented it to my current employer. I was like, we need this. I want this at our place of employment. So um, it really helps navigate the healthcare system, as you know right, can be so messy and so confusing for people within the benefits industry, but also for, I mean, think about people who just have no idea um, about benefits. And so it can really be confusing. So it's a good, it's a good tool to offer for employees. Um, I hope that helps explain. Yeah, no, I I love it. Um, I mean, I think I often say that benefits is kind of like a foreign language for most people. Or (laughs) insurance is is like a foreign language for for most people. Things that that we are just so ingrained in thinking about, it's not part of, of most people's daily existence. They're not thinking about, does my deductible run on a calendar year basis or does it run on a plan year basis? And even if I know the answer, what does that mean? So it's, Anything that we can do, I feel, as an industry to make 
benefits, insurance, healthcare, more accessible, more understandable, and to empower the members more in making solid decisions, I think is uh, more power to anybody that can do that. Because I think that that's where sometimes we, um, we miss the boat, quite frankly, as advisors, because we're so wrapped up in the high level, oh, I can do this, this, and this. But we really need to think about who the end consumer is, and that is the member, and how do they have a better experience. Right. And all, a lot of times, too, you know, you're speaking to the employee, but there's this, you know, spouse dependents that are also affected by the benefits. So it be, being able to access that information, my my spouse has access to all of that information as well through our digital solution. So if he's going to the doctor, has questions about his care, it's all right there within this app, which is really nice. Another feature that I do want to um I do want to mention that's just to me, it's like, oh my goodness, like this is so amazing because having read um, Marshall Allen's book. I love that. Um, so, so we have what's called care guides and they, um, it is either via chat or phone call where you can reach out to them. And not all of our clients have this. This is a, you know, a feature that you sure. can have, but what they can do is they can reach out to the care guide and they that person will actually help them navigate their healthcare, whether it's a claim or maybe they need to find a specialist in their area and they've called 50 different places and nobody's taking new clients. Um, you know, it, that care guide can really take the heavy lift off of the employee, which is to me so amazing. I just love that we offer that. That's that's really cool. So I think I read um, when I was on um, Castlight's website, just kind of doing my little background intel, um, yeah. that you guys recently acquired Vera Whole Health. Yes, we did. Yep. So that actually, I just started this in the beginning of the year. I just started with Castlight. So that has all kind of been transpiring since I came on. And um, it's really exciting. Um, Vera Whole Health is a advanced primary care. And it seems kind of maybe like a, an odd couple, but um, they're really going to, you know, partner together to work together to help the healthcare system and um, help employers navigate healthcare and employees navigate healthcare. And um, advanced primary care, as you probably know, is just more of that deeper dive into an individual's health. And so it really kind of pairs with that holistic view of what Castlight offers as well. Oh, I can definitely see that. Okay, so let's talk about the digital platform for a minute because I think sometimes um, as a society, not as a company, but as a society, we're hiding behind digital platforms. Oh, it's gonna be better for you and it's gonna cost me less money and mean I have to do less work too. So how is it, so let's say that somebody doesn't want to, they don't know how they're scared of it because many people are scared of digital platforms. Mm -hmm. It seems like, okay, I don't know what button to push. I don't know which option to choose. So can, do they have the option of talking to somebody on the phone or how does that work? They do. Yep. They have the option of our support or, you know, um, via the care guides um, as well. So there is that human touch, if you will, or a chat feature on top sure. of that. But I would say, you know, our solutions are very intuitive um, for the most part. And so 
I, I don't really see an issue with the, the digital side of it. I get that it's a scary beast to take on when you're, when it's brand new to an employer. Um, but I also think the employer has some responsibility to also be invested and make the, you know, the effort to communicate what's happening as well. So whether it be, you know, on-site lunch and learns to talk about what their benefit solutions really are, um, or it's maybe a marketing campaign. Um, so there are other kind of um, solutions or features that an employer can do um, to help the employee navigate that digital solution. Well, you're 100% right. You can never just throw a solution at employees yeah. and expect that they're going to use it. I mean, the, the employer shouldn't spend the money unless they're also willing to spend the time and invest making sure that everybody understands what it is and how to use it and how it can help benefit them. Otherwise, it to me just feels like a, a throwaway. So I, I agree with you there. Okay, so one more question about wellness. So the thing that I've seen a lot over the years is that a wellness program is implemented and the people that use it were those that would use it anyway. It didn't really engage or bring others into um, better healthcare decisions or better lifestyle decisions. So how do you reach those people? Yeah, so I think that wellness, just the term wellness, sometimes can be off-putting to some people. Um, and so I think reframing that into it's not just about exercise, it's not just about nutrition, maybe it's about getting involved in the community, maybe it's about volunteering, maybe it's also about maybe we start a reading club, a book club. Um, so it's trying to find ways to reach everybody where they're at. Um, because if you're just going to focus on exercise and nutrition, you are going to mix miss out on so many people because so many people aren't there yet. That's, right. that's, you know, they're just not ready to commit to exercise every day for 30 minutes. So it's, it's about also incorporating that holistic view of what health and well-being really is. Because if you're not connected, whether it's to your family or your community, or maybe it's your spiritual health or whatever, that's going to affect your health and well-being. If you are maybe not, um, you know, finding something, a way to like give back, whether it's to volunteering or, or maybe it's donations or whatever, that, that also will affect your well-being. So it's not just the physical component. Maybe it's even, you know, gardening and, and getting out in nature. So highlighting different programs that kind of that holistic view is is really the idea. I, you know, the, you're one of the first people I've actually heard say that put it <laughs> and frame it that way. So I think that um, you're absolutely spot on. So if I were to go down a rabbit hole, which I sometimes do on this show, is that I think we need to maybe start thinking about how do we re not only reframe the whole idea, but reframe what we call it. Because I think yeah. people tend to shut it out when they hear wellness. They think exactly what you just said. They're going to want me to exercise or they're going to want <laughs> me to, you know, uh, quit going to McDonald's or whatever the case may be, eat more vegetables instead of really looking at what can, how can we support you in taking small steps to feel better as a human being. Right. Yeah. And one of the things about Castlight is that within the tool, it can be very customized to that individual based on, you know, what they're searching for or 
maybe it's their they fill out a, a health assessment. And so providing solutions based on where they're at um, in their health journey is really, um, it's, it's very personalized. Um, what my experience is on the solution versus my husband's experience, they're totally different. Sure. So that's a really nice feature as well. I like that. Yeah. Okay, so um, we are going to talk about you for a minute okay. now. <laughs> I know you were waiting. You were so excited for this part, weren't you? Okay, so um, from what I'm reading, you're a little bit of a crazy lady who likes to get in cold lakes and swim. Yes. What is that all about? Okay, so um, my sister actually a few years ago she introduced me to like cold plunging, cold showers, and I was like, "There's no way I can't do that." And um, this is during the pandemic as well. And so I'm just super into podcasts during the pandemic. I'm, you know, I'm not really interacting with very many people. So I'm really on the podcast. I think that's actually how I heard of you was from a podcast. Um, so, so I was introduced to, you know, cold showers, cold plunges, and I live um, about five miles from Lake Michigan. And Lake Michigan gets pretty cold. I can imagine. So, so, um, you know, going swimming, I, I'm very active, so I love to swim. So going swimming in Lake Michigan has kind of been, you know, fun, I guess you could say. When you get out, it's like you feel amazing. When you get in, you're panicking. You can't breathe, you, you know. But when you get out, you feel like, wow, I just really accomplished something and I feel great. And I really think there is something about cold plunges, cold showers. It, cold showers are actually harder, in my opinion. The, Especially the to the stuff out of your hair. Yes. Like, I, I, I just stick an arm in. I'm like, okay, yeah. I did my cold shower. But, yeah, the, the goal with the cold shower is to actually shower first and then your last like 30 seconds to maybe two minutes, up to two minutes, just stand in the cold water. Mm -hmm. You don't have to wash your hair or anything. Oh, well, just goodness. stand in the cold water. So the idea is to like work your way up to it, you know, maybe start with like 10 seconds and then work your way up to it. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you should try it. It is very uh, invigorating. <laughs> I might try it just because now, now I'm, now I'm curious. <laughs> Could I survive it? Maybe five yeah. seconds. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so swimming and then yep. triathlons also. Yes. Are you yep. the minis or the full? I've done a half Ironman before um my goal was to do a full and the train well the training here in michigan i i did most of my training in the winter inside so when i went to go do the half um you know i had ridden my bike outside maybe two times gotcha. and so i was like i this is this is it for me Half is great. I can do the half, but I don't think I can do the full. The full, because most of the training around here, you know, you do in the winter time. So you miss out on the opportunity or I'm not going to ride my bike outside in the winter or, you know, spring even. It's just too cold for me. So um, the full is, is maybe maybe it's still on the bucket list, but for now I'm going to yeah. table that, but yeah. So now it's more like the sprint and Olympic distance that so I really you, like you, to do. You don't have like studded tires on your bike so you can ride in the snow. <laughs> no. And actually I didn't even, I, I wasn't even really prepared for my triathlons. I really just do it for fun. And so I have an old bike. My mom 
used to ride when she was younger and when i was like I, my bike's probably 30 years old okay so actually you know, yeah. so i just ride it's a road bike but it's heavy you know but it is what it is i it works and i mean i'm not the first one to finish but um yeah if you, if you cross that line you have, you have accomplished something let me uh, you know what if you start you have accomplished something as far as a, a triathlon goes that's really yeah. awesome so i um another thing that i read about you in addition to the fact that of course you love dogs which we all know i love mm -hmm. dogs too but you love um hiking and one of your goals is to visit all the national parks which i think is so cool yeah so like how many do you think you've been to so far and then what would be like What's your number one on the top of your bucket list that you haven't been to yet? So as an adult <laughs> that I can remember, because I've I'd been to some as a kid, but I sure. don't really, I don't count them. <laughs> I'll need to go back there. Um, so I've been to seven as an adult. Um, I've been to um, Alaska, Arizona, a few in California, Utah. Um, so I've been to seven. Um, my number one is, it's hard to pick number one. So I, I have three that are kind of my okay, top three. Okay, you can tell me three. So Isle Royal, which is actually Upper Peninsula, Michigan. Um, my husband and I were supposed to go camping up there a couple years ago and pandemic and all of that. And it's actually a really, um, you've got to be really prepared. So you have to like bring all of your stuff with you when right. you go there. Um, so that's kind of, if I had to pick a number one, that would be my number one. Um, but Glacier and um, Yellowstone, those are, those are the top three. So wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Well, you have made it to the end, <laughs> almost to the end. It is time for the five burning questions. Okay. So we always start off with number one, which is what is your favorite food and can you cook it? And let me remind you, it is Cinco de Mayo. So you're allowed to throw in. <laughs> so I, I definitely love tacos and all of that um, as well. But I would say favorite food, like if I had to pick a food to eat, you know, for every meal, it'd be really difficult to actually pick a favorite food. I would say breakfast food if I can. Um, can. I love breakfast food, eggs, potatoes, bacon, sausage. Um, there's a really good place in St. Pete, uh, St. Petersburg, Florida that has gluten-free, I'm celiac, so I have to have gluten-free cinnamon rolls. And so I would say like all of that, I could have that for every meal. So uh, breakfast yeah, so food. So my mom just piped in, says amen to that. She loves breakfast too, <laughs> which is funny because that's the one thing I don't care for is oh. breakfast I because I don't like eggs. And so it just um, kind of as a whole thing, it kind of yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's too much work, but yeah. um, I'll cook it. I'll, I'll cook it. I, I cook eggs too. So I don't, don't have any issues around that. Yeah. Okay. So what is the one character trait you admire most in other people and why? Um, I would say that would be honesty. I think honesty is actually sometimes really difficult. And so when someone can work through, you know, and be honest in those difficult times, I really admire that. I think instead of kind of dancing around something, whether it's in a working relationship, um, you know, your spouse, your family, your friend, being honest can really go a long way. So for me, it's all about being honest. I like that. Okay, so if I now I flip the mirror on you and I say, <laughs> what is the character trait in yourself that you're most proud of and why? 
Yeah, I would say um, my inquisitive mind. So I'm always wanting to learn. And sometimes it can be a little off-putting to people because I'll ask why a lot or I'll ask a lot of questions. And so I think sometimes it can come across as I'm questioning you, but it's not that I'm questioning you. I'm just really curious to understand kind of the the deeper dive into whatever we're doing. <laughs> so I would say for me, I love I love that. I'm always wanting to learn more and understand more. I think that's a fantastic characteristic and don't change it for anyone. <laughs> um, okay, so big picture, next five years, what's what's your number one goal that you'd like to accomplish in the next five years? Yeah, in the next five years, so I, I married my husband last year and he's from where we live now. I'm not from this area. Um, so in the next five years, my goal is to really find my space in the community. Um, whether that's volunteering or working with, you know, a nonprofit or not, not working. I mean, I love what I'm doing. This I would be in addition. <laughs> but, um, you know, just finding my space in the community. I just commu- uh, just um, finished a leadership program through our chamber, our local oh, chamber. And it was amazing. We were connected with so many different resources in the community and learned so much about the different community issues. And so I really want to find my niche in um, kind of connecting with my community. I, I really admire that, um, your goal and, that, and your commitment to doing that, because it is hard when you move into a new area to find where you fit. Yeah. Um, it can be a challenge. It can be a challenge. So it's lovely to hear. All right. So what is your secret talent or something people would be surprised to learn about you? Yeah, I feel like that's a really tough one for me. I'm such an open book about everything, really. So I don't know if that would be maybe, um, you know, learning that I've done some triathlons or whatever. I mean, I don't look like a triathlete. I'm like tall and thin. And um, so I would say maybe it's some some things like that. But um, I'm really willing to like try anything and do anything. I'm really um, adventurous. So maybe that would surprise some people, but I don't really have like a secret. <laughs> to you, can't, you can't do some like whistle, some like long <laughs> song or, or juggle or anything like that. I wish I could, but oh, just, no. ju- just, just checking. No, I can't do that either, <laughs> but I thought maybe there was something. Um, okay. Last question. So who is one person um that you follow on social media, maybe a podcast you listen to, that you would most like to sit down and have a cup of coffee with and just have a good conversation with in real life? Yeah, so I would say Brene Brown. Um, She's an author and um, she is a researcher. And I think she's always searching for, um, she, I don't know if you've heard of her before, but Oh, I know her well. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So she just is so interesting to me. I would love to, I would, I want everybody to like know and meet her, not just myself. I feel like she's such an interesting person. Um, and I love the, the fact that all of what she talks about is very research-based. And so to me, again, you know, tying into like wanting to learn and understand more and more, I feel like her and I would kind of click. (laughs) I I love that. So um, have you read Atlas of the Heart? 
I have it, but I have oh, not oh, read it yet. You have to read it. It is yeah. so powerful. So anyway, um, I do have a group of, um, there's five of us women that have been doing a book club online mm -hmm. about Atlas of the Heart. And so we, so I'll have to let you know, but we are actually going to do a podcast about it um, oh, probably yes. in the next um I think I'm booked for a month, probably be the end of July, but we're going to do a podcast about it. We're all going to come on and talk about our different, you know, thoughts oh, and feelings good. about it. So, and then of course, invite everybody else to come and join in and share their comments as well. So yes, I think you would, um, you would get along very well with Renee. So, <laughs> so for anybody, um, I do want to give a huge shout out and kudos to Olivia, because in case you couldn't tell, cause I couldn't, this was her very first podcast um, <laughs> debut and she was a rock star. So thank you so much for coming on today, Olivia. If people want to know more about you or Castlight, what would be the best way for them to get in touch with you? Really, LinkedIn is is probably the best place. Um, a few years ago, I kind of got rid of like my Facebook and social media things um, other than LinkedIn, just to, for my own mental, mm -hmm. um, my own mental health. And so LinkedIn is, is the best way to reach out to me. Um, but yes, thank you so much for having me today, Nancy. This was really fun. Oh, well, great. Thank you so much for coming on, Olivia. And everyone else, I will see you next week. Thanks again. And happy Happy Cinco de Mayo.